This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, hello there, Buccaneer fans, and welcome in to our latest edition post-London back in the continent of North America, back in the Tampa Bay area edition of Nothing But Bucks. I am your somewhat capable host here after changing time zones late Sunday night to come all the way back uh, from the UK into Tampa Bay after a Carolina 37-26 revenge win over our Tampa Bay Buccaneers, an NFC South rival that played well, that played well enough in the parts of the game that mattered uh, to take it from the Bucs, and the Bucs obviously too many mistakes, too many turnovers to expect to win that game on Sunday at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So we have much to discuss here on the podcast about the experience, the trip to London, game highlights upcoming, a lot of miscues obviously by the Bucs, some good uh, in the game, way too much of uh, the turnovers though in this football. That's the that's the thing that decided, that decided this game, if you... If you're minus six in the turnover margin, the automatically in pro football, you expect to get beat by 10 points, 17 points or more automatic minus six. You're lucky you don't get beat by 30 points. And yes, in looking up at the scoreboard on Sunday and, and seeing the score 34, 10, it was a 24 point spread. And at that point, it wasn't even minus six in the turnover ratio because two of the interceptions that Jameis Winston threw were in the last two and a half minutes of the game. So at the time where the turnover margin uh, with the two fumble punts, one from each team was minus four, the spread was 24 at that. That's what you would expect when you have six more turnovers in the NFL than than the other team. I don't care who you are. Uh, if you're turning the football over, you're likely going to get wiped out. So there is some credit that the Bucks hung in and gave themselves chances in the fourth quarter. Uh, you'll hear from Jameis Winston later in the podcast who, who says, I don't want to hear about that. I mean, I can tell you right now, I'll preview it for you. He doesn't want to hear about battling back in the game. The head coach, Bruce Arians, will play that interview from our Hooters postgame show. Same kind of thing. Yeah, we showed some fight and we got some things done, but it's too little too late. Way too late when the game is obviously 27 uh, seven when it's thirty-four to ten, you're uh, you've dug too big of a hole. You've simply dug too big of a hole. So highlights, interviews upcoming. Let me give you a, a couple of takeaways. Having been to London two previous times with the Buccaneers for the 09 game with the Patriots and the 09 game with the Bears, both of those at Wembley Stadium. So that's the most famed stadium that uh, they have in all of England sports. And they rebuilt that stadium about 12 years ago, about 2007, 2008. They shut it down and completely rebuilt it and reopened it in part uh, to, to host huge events like the NFL, but also the Olympics were upcoming in the 2012 uh, year, the calendar year. So they, they rebuilt Wembley for the opening ceremonies, for the track and field. That venue much more spread out. When you think of similar venues, it's like the old uh, Turner Field was before they modified it for baseball. It was built as an Olympic stadium. The L.A. Coliseum, where we were a couple of weeks ago, is a multi-purpose facility that includes track and field and has, when they had the 1984 Olympics there, done that in the past. You're, you're thinking about a much more spread out, bigger facility. Another one that I would equate it to is the Cardinal Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, which I believe it's now State Farm Stadium. It was University of Phoenix Stadium. It does look like a UFO in the middle of the desert. 
that stadium is so massive and the playing surface is so spread out because they not only have football, they have soccer there. The fans are a long way from the field. And this is the same way actually in the Superdome too, where we were last week, where that facility again, it's been renovated, but it was built 45 years ago. And it is the fans are not right on top of you on the sidelines. They are in the Superdome and the end zones. In the case of Arizona, they're not right on. In this case, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which again uh, they rebuilt that in um, earlier this year. It opened earlier this year, rebuilt it as a sixty thousand seat capacity stadium for soccer, or as they call it, football, but to also host these international games and potentially other events, a very conducive in terms of loud environment with all of those uh, stands right on top of the field. Quite the setting to go in and see that state-of-the-art, almost billion-dollar facility that they put in uh, for the Tottenham Hotspurs soccer team and and the NFL obviously giving its blessing that they would come and bring games there. The Bears and the Raiders played there last week. We played there this game, and I believe the commitment is for multi-years to play at least two games at that Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, at least a game, if not two games, uh, in that facility. So it was some scene, again, in London where you look around and see all the jerseys of all the different teams uh, of the NFL. I mean, you could pick out anything. I saw fans walk into the stadium wearing Dan Marino Dolphins white, wearing Joe Montana 49ers red, Tom Brady jersey, Russell Wilson jersey, Khalil Mack jersey, on and on down the list of all the of all the players of all the teams of uh, you know AJ Green jersey, Drew Brees jersey, you saw it all uh, as we customarily do when we go to play these games. It's not just the fans of the Buccaneers and the Panthers, but it's fans of the NFL. In fact, there are tens of thousands of fans that buy an NFL UK four game package to go to all of these London games. They went to the Bears and uh, Raiders last week, the Bucks, Panthers this week, and then coming in a couple of weeks, you've got Cincinnati and the Rams and the Jaguars and the Texans. And these fans go to all four games. Tens of thousands of them have bought the four-game package to wear, to wear their Baker Mayfield jersey or, uh, I mean, pick one, uh, Julian Edelman, Todd Gurley, Whatever jersey from whatever NFL team, and some of them, some of them are going with the throwback guys, the Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin Cowboys. You'll see that jersey hanging out there too. There were plenty that had Jameis Winston or Mike Evans, uh, and, and likewise uh, Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, Luke Keekley. The crowd was chanting Luke whenever he made a play in that game. I did find it odd, and we'll get to the highlights here in a couple moments. And it always is odd. And this is the third time we've been to England, and, it, and it's been this way. Largely, the UK fans, the European fans, do not cheer pre-snap of the ball. It's largely quiet, which is different in the NFL because whether you're in Raymond James Stadium with the Bucks on defense, the fans are going crazy, or you're on the road, obviously, like we were in New Orleans or LA or when we play Carolina, Atlanta, or any of the road games, the fans are making noise trying to disrupt the offense, and they're playing the loud music, and, and it was not, look, it was not from the, the Buccaneers and the NFL staff piping in the music, get loud, it's third down, playing the, uh, the rock music in between plays. The fans just, by and large, didn't go crazy until something happened on a play, a completion, an interception, uh, a touchdown, a fumble. They love the kicks. They love the made field goals. Field goal would happen, and the crowd would roar. Extra point would happen, the crowd would roar. 
So it's just different from that point, just to give you some perspective, down on the sideline, with Gene and Dave calling the game up in the booth, down on the sideline, looking around, you would you would look behind you, and in, a, in an entire section, I've said this before, you'd see 10 other NFL team jerseys besides Bucks and Panthers up in the stands. It's just different uh, when the game has gone uh, to London and gone to England. All right, so... Uh, let's get into uh, the highlights. And again, I, I'm not going to dwell on a lot of the the negatives here. You already know by now on the Monday after this one, way too many turnovers, way too many interceptions uh, from Jameis Winston that cost the Buccaneers. Here's the way the game began. We knew going in the Bucs were going to try to feed Mike Evans on one of the first couple plays of the game, get him rolling. It turns out on the first play of the game, they were trying to get him the ball and really a disastrous start for Winston in the offense as we begin from the 25-yard line, moving right to left. Here is the snap, Winston, a five-step drop, looks up field, gets the pass away, it is intercepted, picked off at the 30-yard line. The very first play in Carolina comes up with a defensive jam. So that interception really set the tone at the beginning of the game. Now, credit the Buck defense because they didn't even allow Carolina to get a yard going forward. They stuffed the Panthers on three straight plays, even had a tackle in the backfield. And so it ends up being a Joey Sly field goal for Carolina and only a 3-0 lead with the Buccaneer defense uh, doing its job uh, in that scenario. So you get the ball back and you, uh, you're not able to move it. You're not able to get anything going. You do punt and you end up pinning late in the first quarter Carolina down at their one-yard line. And I thought at least early on in the game this was a big deal where the second-year quarterback for Carolina, Kyle Allen, kept his composure couple of big completions they got out of their own end got out of their own one yard line out of inside their own five yard line and then they moved into tampa bay territory a big completion to curtis samuel got down inside the five and the panthers increased the lead here here is the snap he'll feed the ball to mccaffrey he's bottled up and i don't think he got it i think the buccaneers stopped it. it did he get it nope touchdown official on this side said touchdown the uh, official on the other side did not raise his arms this will be reviewed. So Christian McCaffrey's touchdown run capping a 12-play, 99-yard drive. And at that point, it's 10-0, and the Bucs had dug a hole. But still, the whole the whole second, third, and fourth quarter to go. you got to make something happen. And eventually, the Bucs did make something happen, and it was on special teams this time, punting the ball away with the first big break of the game for the pewter and red would come right here. Bradley Pinion's punt will be caught by Ray Ray McLeod. One gunner missed. He's to the 30. Oh, fumble football. It's on the deck. Diving for it. Who comes up with it? The Fox may have it. Tampa Bay says we've got the ball, and we do. Buccaneer ball. A fumble by Ray Ray McLeod. Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore on the calls as Kevin Minter came up with the fumbled punt. Ryan Smith, just off the four-game suspension by the NFL, had a couple of good special teams plays in this game. He downed that ball at the one-yard line. He's the guy credited with stripping the ball out of there on Ray Ray McLeod, the returner for the Panthers. And, and the Bucs are set up at this point at the 37-yard line of Carolina after the fumble. And it did not take long as the second quarter began for Tampa Bay to cash in. First and goal, handoff to Ronald Jones. Zigzags it away, 3-2-1, touchdown Tampa Bay. Nice little drop step and a wiggle to the right, and Ron, Ronald Jones scores a touchdown, and we narrow the gap. It's 10-6. Turnover's a key in the game of football. We make them pay with a touchdown. Second-year running back Ronald Jones continuing to run tough. That's a five-yard touchdown run, and you're right back in it at 10-7 there, capitalizing on the turnover but speaking of turnovers that would really be the theme 
of the day. And I know a lot's being made of the pressure on the quarterback, and there was some. There's no doubt that Carolina pinned the ears back. We saw Gerald McCoy with two and a half sacks in the game. They were bringing pressure off the edge uh, on a consistent basis, including right here, and it got to uh, Jameis Winston on more than one occasion. Here, here came the pressure from his right that led to another one of those interceptions. From the 29, the snap. They run a stunt. Winston gets the pass away, and it's almost picked off. It is. Is, it, is it intercepted? It is, and Jameis got hit as he let it go, and it affected the pass. Second interception of the half, and earlier in the uh, in the second quarter, Winston had also fumbled after a good drive down inside the red zone and had, had suffered a sack fumble and lost the ball. So that was his third turnover of the first half. Former Buccaneer Javian Elliott came up with the interception, and it did not take... Carolina long at all just four plays to get back in the end zone and again McCaffrey such a dangerous second year player not the biggest guy but very physical for his size and very shifty and fast can accelerate and he did so on a catch and run Allen takes the snap a little high looks back to his left dumps it off to McCaffrey 25 to the 20 McCaffrey makes a guy miss to the 10 inside the five touchdown Christian McCaffrey Buccaneers getting up picking up lost laundry because they were absolutely juked and that is a great play by Christian McCaffrey that touchdown 25 yards for McCaffrey makes the game 17-7 so again the Buccaneers down by double figures and then late in the first half a big play an almost big play to Mike Evans down the sideline on a long pass it would have been a 50 maybe 60 yard completion or possibly even a touchdown Evans could not come up with the catch over the shoulder got got to make that play he knows he's got to make that play he was uh, upset with himself, juggled the ball, looked like he had it once, looked like he might have had it a second time, and then the ball fell to the turf, incomplete. It was not um, an easy catch. It is not a given on that play because of the of the angle and the throw, but the throw's right there. you got to make that play, and it's potentially a big play that's going to lead at least to a field goal to cut the lead to 17-10, if not seven points in the final minute of the half. So 17-7 as you went uh, to the locker room, and I talked with Head coach Bruce Arians, and he said too many mistakes. Too many mistakes in that first half, especially turnovers. You can't turn the ball over like that. Um, and, and I said, uh, you know, what do you got to do defensively? He says, keep buttoning down McCaffrey here. Make Kyle Allen beat you. That would be the, uh, the game plan for this second half of the game. So Carolina got the ball first to start the second half, and uh, the end result here is they couldn't do anything with it. Then the Buccaneers couldn't do anything with it and Carolina drove and kicked a field goal after the Buccaneers punt so 20 to 7 is the score and here is the recurring theme on Sunday too many mistakes Jameis Winston really baited into this bad throw dropping to throw Winston has time throws it over oh it's an intercepted picked off of the 35 it's Luke Keekley to the 25 a convoy down the near sideline Keekley to the 10 and steps out of the 8 yard line Four turnovers by the Bucs, three interceptions by Winston. And the Carolina Panthers are in business deep in Buck territory on the Tampa Bay eight-yard line. Luke Keekley is a Pro Bowl linebacker, one of the best tackling linebackers in the NFL, great instincts, makes that interception, and you just you felt the air suck out of the Tampa Bay sideline after that interception uh, just because you were giving the, the Panthers way too many opportunities to score easy touchdowns. It's kind of like what happened in Los Angeles back two weeks ago 
where the Bucks kept scoring and the Rams kept turning it over in the first half to dig the 21-0 hole, whether Shaq Barrett hit Jared Goff's arm and Jordan Whitehead intercepted it, or whether they got another uh, interception later on in the first half. Um, they just they dug too many too many uh, turnovers dug them too big of a hole when they fell behind 21 nothing and golf had another uh, interception in the second half that led to another touchdown and the game was 38 20 you just bucks bucks had 21 points off of turnovers before sue's fumble return clinched the game at the end they ended up scoring 28 points off rams turnovers and the panthers kept making the bucks pay didn't take them long off the keekly turnover to cash it in Kyle Allen ready to work, point-blank range. McCaffrey the setback from the eight. They do the jet sweep to the 10-5, diving touchdown, a hurdle. And Curtis Samuel runs the jet sweep perfectly. And the Buccaneers could not stop him. Eight-yard run on the quick jet sweep handoff. The inside handoff to the receiver coming in motion. Samuel got around the end. 21-7, or a 27-7 at that point, a 20-point lead. And you don't want to say the game is over. The game is not over with eight minutes to go in the third quarter. But you're in big trouble there. You've got to put together scoring drives. And the Bucks eventually did get some points putting a drive together, including Matt Gay kicking a 54-yard field goal. But the end result here is not, not enough offense as you fell behind. Um, again, uh, Bobo Wilson had a fumbled punt later on in the fourth quarter of this game. Carolina built the lead to 34-10. And then finally, the Bucks put together a 75-yard drive in six plays, a couple of completions to Chris Godwin. And eventually, Jameis Winston would strike here. Snap on second and one, post round, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay into the midst of Cameron Brait. And Brait, a leaping catch at the end line. And he keeps both feet inbounds, and the Buccaneers get on the board here in the second half with a touchdown. It's one of his favorite targets the last four years in the red zone. Cameron Brake hauls in the 10-yard touchdown to cap off the scoring drive. Mike Evans would catch a deflected pass for the two-point conversion. And you look up with 12.51 to go in the game, and it's 34-18. Now, realistically, at this point, are you going to get it back twice, score two touchdowns and two twos? Probably not. But you can never say never. And in particular, you're going to have to stop Carolina to do it. Uh, they were not able to do that as Carolina got another field goal uh, after that fumbled punt uh, by uh, Bobo Wilson that we were talking about. Joey Sly kicked that 29-yard field goal. And again, there's, there's eight minutes left, and it's 37-18. Buccaneers would drive down and eventually, uh, in the final five minutes, get another touchdown here. Just inside the three-yard line, Winston under center. Takes the snap, hands the ball off left side. Ogunbowale dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Dari Ogunbowale out of the shotgun. Takes the handoff from Winston. Refused to be knocked down. Dari Ogunbowale, backup running back, a second-year player. Did a very nice job of, uh, of, of pass protection at times, catching the ball out of the backfield, and there he scores on a uh, on a three-yard run, his first NFL touchdown. Jameis Winston ran in the two-point conversion. Again, there's still five minutes left at 37-26, but the Bucks would get no closer as it turns out. Uh, Winston threw an interception on a fourth down play deep in Buck territory with about two and a half minutes left and then threw one final interception in the final 20 seconds, heaving one to the end zone for Mike Evans. He finished on the day, Jameis Winston, with six total turnovers. 
that really told the story. I mean, some of the stats that you look at from this game uh, also tell the story. Kyle Allen, again, was very efficient in the game at 20 of 32 for 277 yards. He had two touchdowns. We didn't have one of those touchdown throws to Curtis Samuel in the second half on our highlights. He played very composed. Now, McCaffrey could not run the ball. He had only 22 carries, 22 carries, only 31 yards, one yard per carry average. Um, he did have the four catches for 26 yards, but the Bucks largely contained him for a lot of that game. Greg Olson had 52 yards receiving for them. For the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston finished with a 400-yard day. Uh, again, credit the fight to continue to battle in the second half, but the stats are a bit misleading. 30 of 54, 400 yards. Again, this mimics Jared Goff throwing for nearly 500 yards in the game against Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago when they were behind for the whole game. If you're behind for the whole second half, and in particular in the fourth quarter, if the other team's up big and you're and you're going against softer defense, you should rack up yards. And Winston racked up a lot of yards in the fourth quarter. He was somewhere around 220 yards when the fourth quarter began and finished with 400 in the game and the one touchdown you heard to Cameron Braid. Five interceptions and a fumble. Chris Godwin, we didn't feature him in the highlights. Ten more catches, 151 more yards, one of the leading receivers in the NFL. Godwin with three straight games with 100 yards. Mike Evans, nine catches, 96 yards. Again, a couple of those late in the game helping pad the stats. Did catch a two-point conversion earlier in the game. Mike's the first one to tell you. He was saying it after the game. I got to play better um, in this game. Uh, Bucks were not effective running the ball. Only eight carries, 28 yards for Peyton Barber. Four carries, 10 yards for Ronald Jones. Some of that's predicated on you're behind. You're behind the whole second half. So you're not going to be running the football nearly as much. I mean, that's the reason why I've done this for so many years, doing uh, five-day-a-week sports radio in the Tampa Bay market and nationally elsewhere. Uh, doing these podcasts, working on Buccaneers Radio, you hear fans, Buck fans and fans everywhere, oh, you got to run the ball more. we got to run the ball more. you got to get 20 carries a game. you got to get 25 carries a game. Well, first of all, the NFL has changed greatly even in the last decade. It has become a pass-first and pass-second league. This is why running backs are devalued here. This is a little truth on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. This is why you don't see running backs, by and large, being taken in the first round. Yes, Saquon Barkley. Yes, Leonard Fournette. Yes, Ezekiel Elliott. Those are rare exceptions. Most of the time, a running back is not taken in the first round. You can get them in the second round, third round. You can find a veteran free agency. The run game is not emphasized as much anymore. Can you pass catch as a running back? Can you block when you're trying to throw? So, And it's also uh, incumbent on a team to get the lead and pound on the other team with the run game when you have the lead. And we saw the Buccaneers do that in the win over the over the, uh, the Panthers in Week 2. They pounded with Peyton Barber in the second half of that game. They pounded on the Rams at times in the second half in L.A. with Ronald Jones, the former USC product. And you see it with other teams. The, uh, the Saints were able to do that to an extent against the Bucs in the fourth quarter at the Superdome. Run it and get your first downs. So this whole thing about the backs have to get more carries – not so much the case in the 2010s anymore, in the 2000s NFL, but in particular, if you're way behind by 20, as the Bucks were, you're not going to run it a bunch in the second half. So you can set out to run it better next time out when the Bucks play again in two weeks in Nashville. We'll see if that's the case. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Devin White, the rookie first-round pick from LSU, led the Bucks with tackles with nine of them. 
uh, in the game. Carl Nassib continues to hustle. Six tackles, a sack. He had four different tackles for loss in this game. So uh, the young man that they got that is a fourth-year player uh, off of waivers from the Cleveland Browns on the eve of last year played his butt off yesterday in London with that kind of stat line. Uh, Levante David also six tackles in the game. Vita Vea four tackles uh, as well as half a sack. He and Ndamukong Sue shared half a sack in that game. Uh, but the Bucks did not have a takeaway on defense. Uh, Shaq Barrett was largely shut down. Carolina was double-teaming him a bunch. You knew they would be after he had four sacks of Cam Newton in the Week 2 game. So Barrett only one tackle on the stat sheet. But uh, the Buccaneers' defense will be the first ones to tell you they're giving up too many pass yards and points, not getting enough takeaways, doing a good job stopping the run. Tampa Bay's in the top 10 in run defense. That's not the issue. The issue is you've got to be more solid against the pass, that's for sure. All right, so the game highlights done. Let's go inside uh, the locker room, our Hooters postgame show, where we heard from different guests, beginning with quarterback Jameis Winston, who did not hold back on his own criticism on his own performance. Does this one just come down to too many turnovers digging too big of a hole? Yeah, I just got to protect the football um, for us to win the game. This is This was all on me. Everyone else played good but me. You guys were able to battle back and at least get within striking distance. Let's talk about putting the two drives together in the fourth quarter. What were you doing well? Uh, we were just executing. Uh, things were there, uh, and that's, that's, that's called a game. Uh, when we didn't execute, the ball was ended up in their hands. Uh, like I said, everybody did a good job. I just got to bounce back. Was Carolina doing anything different this go-around from the meeting three weeks ago? Nope, they weren't. They weren't at all. We just got to bounce back and uh, get back in the books and play better. On a positive note, Chris Godwin's uh, third straight 100-yard game. He gets 10 more catches today. Why is he having so much success, Jameis? He's just a workaholic. He does his job, and uh, he comes and plays football every day. Jameis, thank you. Thank you. Again, as brilliant as Jameis was against the Rams, he was equally as bad at times uh, against the Panthers with the interceptions, the killer interceptions, a couple of them especially, which swung the whole momentum around the game. He knows that. He knows he's got to be better. Uh, and the Bucks have got to be better if they have any hope of, of consistently winning. You've got to get turnover-free play if you can have it and, and better play than what we saw on Sunday. We mentioned Cameron Braid, a touchdown in this game. He ends with two catches for 47 yards. He also was with me after it was done. And uh, it was just a case where you, you, uh, you shake your head at not being able to sweep the Panthers here. And uh, here's that conversation with the Bucks veteran tight end. Okay, as we were just saying to Jameis Winston, um, not to make excuses to begin here, but this is a case where six turnovers on the day offensively, just too many, right? Yeah, you're never going to win a game. You turn the ball over six times, and um, yeah, it was, we never could get anything going. Uh, as soon as we, we started to get something going, we'd, find, we'd uh, turn it over, and um, just super frustrating day all around. You were able to get a touchdown catch in the second half. Describe the play there in the back of the end zone. Um... Yeah, it was just, I was pretty open and James threw it and I caught it. Um, it was just, we can't get down like that. I mean, uh, that was an easy pitch and catch, but the whole second half, it was pretty much, they were just letting letting the dogs loose, you know, getting after the quarterback and uh, that put a lot of pressure on us. And, you know, you just can't get down by two or three scores because then you're one dimensional and uh, yeah, just a tough day. Again, you saw this team, you see this team twice every year. You saw them three weeks ago uh, or so. It, were they doing anything any different as the game rolled along, or was it basically what you expected? Yeah, they probably were blitzing a little more than we expected because um, they were having success with it and just kept doing it. And uh, 
I guess we just didn't have a good enough answer for that. And, um, you know, it's frustrating because it's something we prepared for during the week and um, just didn't get, didn't get it done during the game. But, um, you know, we'll watch the tape tomorrow. And uh, obviously the first thing we're going to say is don't turn the ball over six times. So that'll be an easy one. But um, just going to, you know, figure out small details we messed up and we'll be better in, uh, two weeks from now. Again, Jameis Winston spread the ball around in this game. Godwin, 10 catches. Evans, 9. Scotty Miller, the rookie, uh, 3 catches in the game. Daria Gunbawale, 3 catches out of the backfield. Brait with 2. O.J. Howard with 2. Caught a big screen pass earlier in the game. Uh, and also Bobo Wilson with 1. So you total up there 7 different receivers catching passes. The ball spread around, but not enough when the game was on the line of, uh, of good offense and touchdowns being scored until it was already 34-10. to uh, in this game on the defensive side of the ball veteran Andrew Adams uh, in the safety position played a lot of this game with the injury to the rookie safety Mike Edwards he's got a hamstring strain he didn't play yesterday even though he was active Andrew Adams was out there made a couple of plays in this game uh, with a couple of pass breakups made a play on special teams as well and I spoke with him when it was done in London how much do you credit Kyle Allen as a rookie or actually a second year player now and how well he played out there today what was he doing? What were you not doing well enough against he and the Panthers? Yeah, definitely can't take any way, anything away from him. You know, uh, he came out today. Uh, he executed well. I think uh, on defense, we kind of shot ourselves, you know, in the foot, uh, you know, short end in the field. And then they, they they had a long drive. That's on us. You know, it's, it's really just comes down to playing assignment football. And uh, we got to give credit to them. They executed well. They, they out-executed us today, so that's why they won. McCaffrey deserves some credit. You contained him on the ground. He got free on the one screen pass, though, and yep. sometimes you just got to say that's one of the best backs out of the backfield catching the ball, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, whenever number 22 is in the game, you got to have a plan for him. And uh, I think we did a, you know, a, a pretty good job of containing him, but that one screen pass, he got out on us, and we, we got to do a better job and have better awareness on that play. And as a veteran with a young secondary, just real quick, uh, what do you work on, bye week and moving forward to try to get better? Yeah, so uh, it's a bye week, but – um, we can't treat it, you know, as as off time. You know, we still have to, we still have to put work in, and uh, even if it's not physical work, we got to put mental work in, and um, we have to come together as a unit on the back end. Uh, we have young players, you know. This is my fourth year, so technically I'm still young, but. We just have to come together and we have to communicate, all get on the same page. Andrew, thank you. No problem. Yeah, the veterans are going to try to pull the young guys together off the bye week and be better with the Bucks still out on the road for two more games uh, coming against the Titans and the Seahawks before we're back home in November. Still sounds weird to say that. Back home in November at Raymond James Stadium with the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, their former coach Bruce Arians back uh, here for this season, now 2-4 and four with the Buccaneers. And I can tell you before you hear this interview, he was none too pleased with the performance of his team, whether I talked to him at the half or after, that, uh, after this game was over with. But here was his assessment of a 37-26 loss to Carolina. Coach, we talked to you at halftime about turnovers and about the problems with that. It really is the overarching theme of this game. Just too many mistakes, too big of a hole, right? Oh, there's no doubt. You can't, you're not beating anybody with seven turnovers. I mean, you're not beating a high school team with seven turnovers. And, uh, and it was all three phases. I mean, we throw an interception on the first play of the game and we're going to the right guy. 
Committee got come back to the ball, throw a little bit better, and then as it went and on and on and on, you know, we clawed our way back in. I never questioned our guys' effort. Our effort is always there. It's just how smart we play sometimes. Okay, so let's pick up on that. When you got in rhythm offensively and began to click, you put two touchdowns on the board. What was working well? Well, we were just in a two-minute drill, and by then the you know, pass rush tires out pretty quick, so it's easier to move the ball sometimes just going to a minute. But, uh, yeah, the guys executed it very well. We got down there. We got the ball in the end zone in our two-point plays, and then we muff a punt. You know, we, we got ourselves right back in it, stop them, and we muff a punt. All we got to do is catch the damn ball. Uh, Chris Godwin, to the positive, I get to keep asking you about him because the young man continues to deliver. Ten more catches unofficially, I believe 140 more yards, third straight 100-yard game. Uh, why has he continued to just be so effective when you know opponents are scouting him and trying to game plan against him too? Well, a lot of it's Mike Evans. You know, there's there's a lot of roll coverage towards Mike, but we moved did a good job of moving Mike around today and getting him involved. But yeah, Chris is a good player. I mean, he's a solid number one receiver on any team. But the fact that he blocks at the point of attack and and he kind of owns the middle of the field because of that blocking that gets him open in the middle of the field. Uh, you know, a, a couple of other things here about this one. Division opponent who you had seen before, uh, Kyle Allen you had not seen before. I know you've not seen tape, but how did you think he played in this one? I was not third down. You know, uh, we shut the run down like we always do. We, we busted a coverage and gave McCaffrey a touchdown. I mean, of all people, you know, we, we, we have a young player in there that just doesn't cover his guy, and it's a touchdown. Uh, but overall, I, you know, I thought our defense, again, we just got to get off the field on third down. All right, Devin White, rookie first-round pick. He was out there for really his first extended action since week one. Again, I know you've not seen coaches tape, but I believe he led you with nine or ten solo tackles in the game. What about that young man out there? Oh, he did a great job against the run. He's got to learn to play pass defense better. All right, fair enough. And now you go to the bye week, and you got to try to get a little healthier as well. One quick one. I don't know if we have an update on Jordan Whitehead. I know he was being evaluated for a concussion. Uh, I don't know if you have anything on that situation, but I know you're trying to get healthy overall as well. Yeah, Jordan's in the protocol. That's all we can say about that. So he'll go through that. And, uh, you know, we'll get JPP back this week and, and get him going. Um, then we'll all reconvene, we'll, we'll reconvene next Monday. Uh, I doubt we'll get either one of the offensive linemen back, but, uh, you know, we'll see. All right, so there you go. The coach, again, not happy uh, with this defeat. Three defeats in the last four games, but you now go into the bye week, try to get a little healthier on the offensive line. Again, you were playing two new linemen on the right side, Earl Watford and Josh Wells. Don't know the statuses of DeMar Dotson and Alex Kappa. On Kappa's case with a broken arm, I'm just saying this. I don't have this on any authority. It would shock me if he's able to play after a couple of weeks with a broken arm. Maybe he can, but we won't know that now for another 10 days or more if he's able to practice. DeMar Dotson may be a chance with that hamstring to be able to be back in there for the Titans game coming up on the offensive line. And again, you got healthier with Devin White at linebacker. Jamel Dean at defensive back saw some action uh, for the Bucks on defense Sunday in London. So the Bucks trying to get a little bit uh, healthier here. So... Uh, uh, good stuff here on this. Um, the Carl Nassib, again, uh, one of the bright spots from this game, got his second sack uh, of the season in this one. Uh, and Matt Gay's 54-yard field goal means he's 3-for-3 three three on field goals 50 yards or more. Jameis Winston, by the way, became the fifth quarterback in NFL history Sunday with a 100th touchdown pass at age 25 or younger. Dan Marino, the all-time record. Um as he, he came up with 142 of them before the age of 46. Jameis Winston now with 100. 
And uh, Winston, um, again, will have the chance. He doesn't t- turn 25 until the end of this season to obviously build on that. I don't know. Uh, in, the, in the short term, Drew Bledsoe, Matt Stafford are at 108 and 109. Winston should easily get to that. Peyton Manning actually also at 111 touchdowns before the age of 25. So Jameis could end up with second most behind Dan Marino before the age of 26, before this is over with. He stays healthy and keeps keeps gunning. That might happen by the middle of November uh, for Winston. So uh, Winston's also the first Buccaneer quarterback to surpass 16,000 yards in a career with the 400 pass yards on uh, Sunday. And so... Uh, again, just some of the the different uh, superlatives that we have here. We mentioned uh, Daria Gunbowale, his first career touchdown in the NFL. Chris Godwin now with 662 yards receiving. Uh, that is uh, the most ever receiving yards in the first six games of a year in Buccaneer history. How about that? He surpassed Keyshawn Johnson's 2001 total of 610 yards in six games. So Godwin right now the most outstanding yardage season going in Buccaneer history for receiving yards to this point six games in with a long way to go Uh, nine catches for Mike Evans was a season high for him Um, and so that that is something that you uh, that you look forward to building on and again Godwin 125 or more receiving yards in three straight games that's the first Buccaneer player to ever do that Chris Godwin looks like an absolute steal for the Buccaneers getting him in the mid rounds of the draft back three years ago okay so now the bucks take the bye week off as we mentioned we travel back from london late night uh got back here to the united states by by the way let me say publicly uh here on nothing but bucks i don't know if you'll hear it at some point i i don't care somebody should play it for tim jaraki for shelton quarles the former buccaneer linebacker and all of the travel operations people zach diana everybody that was involved with the bucks going over to london and being able to make sure that the Buccaneers had everything in terms of accommodation, transportation, everything that was needed. That is not an easy effort on any given road trip, but much less over to the UK. And all these different NFL teams have to deal with it. And our people are the best, the best at straightening everything out with hotels and and meals and timing and buses and to and from the stadium and to and from practices and to and from the airport. Uh, we got back in the middle of the night. Uh, everything flawless with uh, with the travel and uh, and a great job by by Tim, by Shelton, and, and all of their people uh, around them. I'm probably leaving somebody out that helped out with that, but I, I think it it bears mentioning here that we all appreciate it because there's several hundred people in the travel party that got to and from London uh, with the effort of those people. That that is something that took them months months to plan and execute for us to be there. My hat's off, gang. They're on that for getting us to and from London. So we're back. It's a bye week, as we were talking about with the coach. Heal up, rest up. The Buccaneers will be back at practice for the Tennessee Titans. That's the game two weeks from now in Nashville when the Bucs resume. The Titans off a 16-0 shutout in Denver uh, where Marcus Mariota was benched in the second half for veteran Ryan Tannehill, who they acquired in an offseason trade. So now we wait to see... Uh, what that means for a quarterback controversy. Will, will Mariota be back in there as a starter or not uh, for the Titans-Bucks game in a couple of weeks? And, of course, he's forever linked with Jameis Winston as the one and two overall picks back in the 2015 NFL draft. 
Um, and so this will be the second ever meeting where Mariota and the Titans got the better of the Bucks in that opening game in a blowout win, the opening game of both of their careers. Rematch coming in Nashville, but that'll be the next opponent two weeks from now. So no nothing but Bucks podcast off a of bye week next week will come your way after that Buccaneers-Titans game that is coming at the end of things here on October the 27th, Sunday the 27th in Nashville. We'll have Bucks and Titans for you on the Buccaneers Radio Network and 98 Rock. However you find the the uh, the games through TuneIn, through SiriusXM, Gene, Dave, and I on the call. We'll be there in Nashville as things get underway with an early 1 Eastern noon local time start on Buccaneers Radio. My thanks to Steve Carney helping me with highlights and interviews from Buccaneers Radio. The director of broadcasting, executive producer of the Bucks Radio Network is Jeff Ryan. I am merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me. Buck fans, we look forward to better days ahead. A tough Sunday in London, but the Bucks are back now uh, here in the Tampa Bay area. They'll rest up, heal up, and get back to practice and be ready for the Tennessee Titans in a couple of weeks. We thank you for finding us. Subscribe to the podcast, by the way, on iTunes and wherever you find podcasts, however you found us here for this podcast for the Bucks mobile app or Buccaneers.com or social media. Subscribe and the podcast will come automatically to you because we're here after the games. I'm TJ Reeves talking nothing but Bucks.